0: Well, praise the Lord. You know, God's Word is amazing. As, as, as uh, Sometimes it looks like uh, it cannot do anything, but the Word of God has power to uncover the secrets of our hearts. You know, sometimes uh, when the Word of God is being preached... It will bring to things to light that were hidden in your heart for a long time, okay? And that's why the Word of God needs to be uh, preached in its fullness, not, not uh, butchered. Remember uh, what I've been saying the other day, and, and this, this is really a word that uh, I, I believe is important. We, we have no right to reduce the Word of God in any way at all. You know, God's word must be preached in its entirety, in its fullness, okay? The Bible says that uh, when, when the people were uh, seeing Moses uh, when he was up on the mountain and he got the glorious word of God, the Ten Commandments, the power was so great, so powerful, you know? that the people of Israel could not look at it. And uh, they wanted to live in their cocoon. They wanted not to be disturbed by the glory of God, okay? For them, it was hard to look at the glory of God. And as a result, they they asked Moses to cover his face, okay? And the Bible tells us very clearly that uh, Moses covered his face, but as a result, the people we are becoming dull, okay? If you are having the word of God covered, then the people are dull. The word of God is what makes us sharp. The word of God is what makes us true. The word of God is what makes us valuable uh, in in the eyes of God. If the word of God is being hidden, people will be dull. And that's the problem in in our nation. You know, we have uh, what we call a Christian nation, but the people are dull, okay? We are, we are saying we are a Christian nation, but uh, but, but uh, corruption thrives. There's almost nothing you can do without, without somebody holding his hand there and saying, must pay me, okay? Because what, what is given is not the whole word. It's just a it's just bit of this and a bit of this. You know, now it is common place that people, uh, you know, will say in public meeting, no, let us pray, you know, let us give God thanks. But in reality, this is just a a front. It's not the whole word of God. So what we need is the whole word of God. And, and, And scripture is very clear, you know, that the the dullness will only disappear when the veil is removed, and the veil is only removed in Christ. We need the fullness of Christ. In Him there are hidden all, all wisdom and knowledge. Okay? And it's, it's only in the in the wisdom and in knowledge and, the, and the, the fullness of the Word of God that our lives are going to be changed. That's why... Paul says, we are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. Okay? Their minds were made dull because the word of God was veiled. Okay? The glory of God was veiled. When when Moses went up on the mountain, he received the Ten Commandments and the people did not want to receive it. Okay? Okay? So the people were dull. And uh, Paul says it's up to this day, it's the same. The same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ it is taken away. So only when the fullness of the Word of God comes our way, the dullness will disappear. And that's why you see the Word of God is like a hammer. Okay, it will hammer the hard parts of your life, of your heart, so long until they break into pieces, okay? It is like a sword, not an ordinary knife, but a double-edged sword, you know, which can cut both ways, and uh, it, it it will penetrate in the most inner chambers of your heart. You know, where it is able to divide that which is of God and that which is a residue of your old nature. Okay? So the Word of God is sent to do that. Okay? That's the purpose of the Word of God. And that's why it is important that we don't butcher the Word of God according to our liking. Okay? This is what motivational speakers do. They butcher the Word of God. You know, they like a few things here and they they pick it out. You know, that's what we call cherry picking. You just pick what you like. And the rest, you just forget about it. But that word cannot help you. That will remain, that will leave people dull. But the word of God will make people sharp, will make people right, will make people righteous and holy. And that's what God is, is up to. Okay, let me continue with uh, uh, first, Second Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, right at the end I want to just read a few verses which I didn't read okay in verse 30 the Bible says here if I must boast I will boast of the things that show my weakness how many of you have boasted about your weakness anyone here no we are hiding our weakness isn't it we are, we are denying our weakness, we are not accepting that there is weakness in our lives. We, we actually, uh, you know, we are actually trying to always bring things out which show our strengths. And there's nothing wrong with strengths but you know, uh, we are human beings and the human beings have got, have got weaknesses and have got strengths. If you, if you claim, if you proclaim that you are only having strengths then you are deceiving yourself. Okay? And uh, that is a very, very common place today that people deceive themselves. Okay? You know what happened after election? You know, everybody says, no, there's witch hand, there's witch hand, and nobody is guilty. Nobody is guilty. Mm-hmm. But billions of kwacha have been embezzled, have been stolen, have been disappearing. Billions of kwacha. One person can have sixty-five million in the house, you know, from from where? Huh? There's no explanation, and even the, the investigators they don't want to tell us where that money came from. So which means it's cover up. But nobody is guilty. Interesting, isn't it? And you know, one thing we must understand. Even God cannot forgive somebody who has not sinned. If you claim you have no sin, of course you deceive yourself, but then you will not receive forgiveness, isn't it? So the people who are claiming they are not guilty, they will not receive forgiveness because you can't forgive somebody who is not guilty. But somebody who repents will receive forgiveness. And that's what, is, what it, this is all about. You know, Paul says, I will boast of my weakness because I'm a human being. I have strengths, but I have also weaknesses. And if I bring my weaknesses to God, if I expose my weaknesses to God, then he will be able to deal with them. Okay? He will forgive me for, for my failure. Okay? So God will never forgive somebody who says, I'm not guilty. If we repent, okay, that means we acknowledge our sin, and repenting means that I agree, yes, I'm, I'm wrong, and then I repent, that means I turn away and I go now into the opposite direction. I'm no longer living in that, in that sin, okay, in that failure. That's when God forgives, Okay. So, sometimes people come to you and they say, no, it was not me, but forgive me. That's a contradiction. That's a contradiction. If you're not guilty, then I cannot forgive you. If you're guilty, say so. Okay? If you have made a mistake, say so. You know, if you have had a weakness, say so. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? Okay? So, Paul says, I will boast about my weakness. I, I'm not trying to put myself on, on some kind of a pedestal where everybody looks at me like a god. In fact, remember at one time they wanted to worship Paul and he says, no, stop this. We're not gods. We're human beings. And, and, you know, this is, this is the, 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 the problem that we see very often. You know, we, we see people, these false apostles, these people who are masquerading as servants of God, uh, deceitful workers who are trying to make themselves look like semi-gods. Some of them even call themselves gods, you know. Like one of you said yesterday, some of, some, one of them even said he knows more than Jesus. Okay? If he knows more than Jesus, then, uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> Let him show what he has created. Because uh, in Christ, all things are created and they are sustained. Now, if he, if he is more than Jesus, then wh- where is his creation? Okay, what stupidity is that? So, P- Paul says very clearly, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Okay, I'm not trying to be somebody who am I am not. You know, the way you are really free is when you are, when you are real, when you are true with, your, with, with, with what you are trying to, to make yourself to look like. If you're trying to look like a genius and you are not, you will always be under pressure to be careful. Oh, I hope I'm not making a mistake. If you are the one who you are, you can always be free. You don't have to worry about what you are saying because you're not deceiving yourself. But you know, lies have short legs. You know, if you're trying to build an image of yourself that looks like so glorious, you know, one time or the other you will drip and everybody will know that you are a liar. So don't try to be somebody that you are not. It will, it, you know, this is just, people are torturing themselves to try to live a lie. That's why I'm free. Huh? I have no problem. You know, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I'm, I am who I am. You can read me. okay? And that is liberating. And that's what we should all do. Okay? If you have a weakness, say so. Okay, And if you have a weakness and others are strong in that area of your weakness, you are actually blessed if you are saying, help me in that place. Okay, Because none, none of us is only strong and the other one is only weak. We all have got certain strengths and certain weaknesses. And if we help each other, we equal out our weaknesses. Okay. So I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, a govern, the governor under King Ateas had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from the window in the wall and slipped through his hands. Okay, now this is a mighty deliverance that uh, uh, Paul has given. But if you're a mighty man of God, you would not tell such a story. Okay, that you were a fugitive, that you were cornered, that you were to be arrested. And then like a dog, you had to be left down in a, in a basket and then you run away, you know. So people are saying, ah. Uh-huh. You're weak. But Paul says this is the truth. This is what happened. So I'm not hiding. And so you you understand God is real and we should be real too. Okay? Don't try to make yourself somebody who you are not. So this is why you know you can trust the words of Paul because he's not just trying to, to, to tell the glorious things on one side. He's also telling us The challenges, the weakness, the the battles, the struggles, everything that he has gone through, he tells us. He's very open and very honest about that. And likewise, in our lives, this is what we must adhere to. You know, don't try to build an image of yourself which is a lie. Because once you cannot keep up that, that image, then people will stop trusting you and that's very dangerous. So, try to be who you are, okay, it's very important. So, Paul gives us his weaknesses. He tells us even the story where he was a fugitive, where he was hiding, where he had to run away, okay. So, you're not always a superman who is going to defeat everybody, you know. I mean, these, these uh, stories of Superman and Batman and how they are all called, you know, these are all, these are all lies. There is no such a person in the world. And the only one who we could call superman never came to us as a superman. That is Jesus himself, okay? He he could have portrayed himself as superman, but he didn't. In fact, he humbled himself even to the cross, okay? Even him had struggles and the Bible tells us so that he was tempted in everything that we are. And with loud cries, he cried out to the Father. And God heard him. Amen? Jesus had struggles. You know, he was tempted just like you and me. Thank God he never sinned. But he didn't boast about that. Okay? Okay. When he was in Gethsemane, Jesus had a struggle. Okay? You see, there was the will of the man, Jesus. And the will of the man, Jesus, was, I don't want to be separated from my Father. That was a a, a genuine desire, isn't it? And, And all of us, we should have that desire, that we should never be separated from our Heavenly Father. That we should never be separated from our brothers and sisters. That we should never be separated because of selfishness from somebody else. And you know, selfishness is dividing people from each other. We know that, isn't it? Because it's always me, myself and I. And that is breaking uh, relationships apart. Okay? Because you want something so badly, you would rather sacrifice your relationship with with your, with your brothers and sisters, or even with your, with your spiritual father. Okay? Now, Jesus wanted to remain with the father. He didn't want to be separated from the, by the father. And, you know, when the cup, that cup that represents the sin of the world, your sin, my sin, the sin of every human being in the, in, in, on the face of the earth, when that cup was presented to Jesus, and that didn't happen on the cross. It was happening in the Garden of Gethsemane, okay? Jesus said, Father, if, if, is there no other way? Because the will of Jesus was not to drink that cup, okay? And it's a, it's a legitimate desire not to, to do that, Okay? And thank God, you and I, we don't have to do that, okay? Praise God. But Jesus came for this very purpose into this world, that he would drink the cup. That was the purpose for his coming, okay? That was the agreement that the Father and the Son had even before the world began, okay? Now, at that time, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were together, and they were all in spirit okay but this time now Jesus was in the flesh in the body and it was heart okay it was heart it was a struggle in fact the Bible tells us that Jesus was struggling so much that blood was falling like drops of sweat from his from his forehead okay and God sent angels to minister to him But the wonderful thing is that Jesus broke through that struggle. He won that battle, okay? He says, Father, not my will, but your will be done, okay? So many times we are losing exactly that battle, you know? We say, my will be done. In fact, it has become even a prayer, Where we are saying, name it and claim it. You know, whatever you want, tell God and he must do it. You know? But Jesus teaches us something else in his own life. Okay? Be willing to forego what your flesh desires. Be willing to lay down what God asks you to lay down. And you know, our, our old nature is so stubborn that it doesn't really want to do that. Okay? And you know, uh, God doesn't blame us for that because even Jesus himself struggled. That's why he understands us. Okay? He understands what we are going through. So if you are struggling, you are not alone. We are all in the same boat. Even Jesus has been there. Okay? But he was able to gain the victory by not insisting on his will, but looking up to the Father. And you know, very often, this is what we miss to do. We are not looking to the Father. When he looked to the Father, he knew. In fact, the Father was not even saying anything. Jesus just prayed, not my will, but your will, be done, and the Father didn't even say what His will was, but Jesus knew what His will was. Okay? So it settled it right there. And this is where we need to come to, you know? When we are in these kind of battles where our flesh desires to do the things that please us, that please our flesh, we must learn to pray that prayer not My will, but Your will be done. Okay? And look at Paul. You know, Paul is fully aware of that struggle. He's willing to accept that there are weaknesses in his life. They were there. On several occasions, uh, Paul freely spoke about his weaknesses. You know, like in in America, there were some of these uh, miracle preachers who are telling you that if you are if you don't have faith, then God will reject you, you know? So you can't be sick because uh, you don't have enough faith. You know, these are also human beings and some of them got sick. And it's, it's evidence, that there, there are records for that. Some of these people, when they got sick, instead of coming out and says, I think I made a mistake, they went into another state to get uh, into hospital because they didn't want to go to the hospital where people would know. Okay? So they are deceiving others. You know, deceiving themselves like they are superheroes, they are supermen, they are they're men of faith. But the Bible never says that when you are a man of faith that you have no problems or that you have no weaknesses. To the contrary, we are all half. Okay? That's real. So you are trying to, to try and, uh, paint the picture like, you know, uh, you have faith but meanwhile you are you're doing what you tell other people they don't have face. You get my point? So some of these people, and some of them actually died. You know, too young to die. When they told other people, no, you don't have face because you are not getting healed. That is illegal, okay? The reality is that we, we must realize we are only human, okay? And we are all human. And we have struggles in our lives and some, some of these uh, struggles, we lose them. There's no question about it. And when we lose them, you know, we have to receive God's grace and God's mercy for that. Okay? We have to ask for forgiveness and be honest with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying I've struggled with this thing and I've, I've, I've actually lost this struggle until finally God came through for me. So, God wants us to be real, to be honest. And Paul shows us a picture of a very honest person who is not trying to throw sand into our face so that we don't see the reality. No, he's actually very honest. And he tells us this story that he was a fugitive. You know, he had to hide himself in Damascus. Then he had to be left down the, 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 the the wall in a basket and had to run away. So he became a refugee. Eh? When you're a man of God, you don't want to be seen as a refugee because that's losing a battle, okay? But that's real, you know, these things happen. And you know, this is why we can believe a genuine witness like Paul, who is telling us about the challenges, the weaknesses, the, 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 the losses, that he has seen in his life, who calls himself, I'm the, worst, I'm the worst sinner, okay? So, when he talks on the other side about the glorious things, you can also trust him, okay? And that's a good thing. Somebody who is lying once, are you going to trust him? I always tell young people when they want to get married, you know, please make sure that you don't break the trust for each other. To build trust, is very difficult, okay? So when you come to know each other, you you learn to trust each other, that's a beautiful period of time in life, okay? You know, and that should happen in relationships, different relationships, especially in the relationship between two people who are planning to get married. That trust is, is, is is worth more than money can buy, okay? Now, if that trust is destroyed, then something breaks that is very difficult to rebuild. And that's why, please, don't, don't, don't break the trust that people have in you. Because they may never be able to rebuild it. And that's why so many marriages are going down the drain. You know, we have heard last year more than was it 20,000 marriages broke? And these are only the the figures which are known. What about the the dark figure, the, the underground figure, which we don't even know? You know, the reality is people do things, they don't keep trust. You know, I have promised my wife that I will not deceive you, okay? And I've not deceived her in any way. I want that trust that we have built for each other to be protected by all means, okay? And it's something sweet, something powerful, something assuring when you have somebody in your life you can absolutely trust, okay? But if you are trying to cut corners, you know, and then of course don't think that when you are breaking trust that it will not be known. The truth will always come to light, okay? God will bring it to light. And that can, that can devastate relationships and it has done it, it will do it, it is always doing it. This is what is happening right now. You know people, they want to come into marriage because they want to get the best out of the other one. They're selfish. They don't want to give, they want to just receive. Now if there are two people who want to receive, you're in trouble already. Okay? There must be a willingness to give, to give. And, you know, those who are giving, they will always receive. If you make the other person overflow, you will get the overflow. Okay? But if you're always grabbing, 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 then there will be nothing to overflow. So that's why building trust is important. And remember, if trust is broken, to rebuild it to where it was is a very, 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 very difficult exercise. Very often, it doesn't work. Because people will always say, you remember you did this, you said this, you, 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 you betrayed me. Okay, people forget, you know. We are, we are always saying, you know, for, for, forgive and forget. We are, we are saying I have forgiven you, but I can't forget you. I, I can't forget about this. Thank God, God is not like that, okay? God is not like that. But, you know, imagine Jesus would have not obeyed. If Jesus would have not kept his faith in the Father, if Jesus would have not said, not my will, but your will be done in my life, he he could not have been our Savior, okay? You may ask, would God have forgiven Jesus? Well, that's another question, but he would have. But, but he could ne- not have been our savior. And he came to be our savior. You understand? So, it's very important that we are honest with our life, that we are truthful with what we are saying. If it's a weakness, be honest about it. If you have to be a refugee like Paul... Just be honest with it, you know. If you're not the shining and glorious superman that people are expecting of the man of God, be honest about it. You know, I mean, I'm sure you have heard about somebody who claimed to be a prophet or an apostle, and I don't know what he prophesied, I don't know what he told people, but uh, somehow he couldn't cope with with his own prophecies. He killed himself. He committed suicide. I'm not judging him, I don't know the story. I wish I would know a little bit more about the story, but it's so sad, you know. How would you come into such a place unless you have compromised along the way, you know. Unless you have tried to display something which you are not, okay. So you you sell yourself as a prophet or as an apostle and meanwhile you are not. You're struggling with problems within but you can't even go to somebody because they all know you as a prophet and you can't lower yourself to say I've got a problem. Okay? If I have a problem, seek help. Okay? Find somebody who can help you. If you make yourself so high that you cannot ask somebody to help you, then the only way out is to commit suicide. How sad. You know, this is the world in which we live here. It's a world full of deceit, a world full of lies. And yet we call ourselves Christian nation. We must become more truthful, okay? We must really own up to the reality. So now let's go to 12, chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. Paul says, I must go on boasting, Okay, the boasting of Paul is very interesting. It's not like the boasting of the world. It's a different boasting. Okay? I must go on boasting. Also, there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I... Know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no man is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Okay, maybe I'll stop here for a moment. Now, this is... Paul talking about his own experiences, okay? The man that he knew was he himself, okay? I knew a man in Christ that was caught up. Now, you see, uh, today you are reading a lot of uh, books. There are a lot of people who are having books and testimonies about, about their... Uh, near-death experiences or they were dead and they came back to life again and they tell us everything they have seen and heard. And some of the stories are so funny, you can't believe it, you know. I mean, they are just, they're just scrap. So don't believe everything that you hear and see. Okay, in fact, Paul says, I've been in paradise, but what I heard, it's not permissible to speak. If Paul cannot, could not have spoken about the things that he saw and heard, nobody can, okay? So many of these things that people are saying, they're just lies. In fact, they may even be deceived by demons themselves, okay? They're telling now people things that are not real, okay? So be careful about such things. But But Paul says, you know, if people are claiming they have knowledge, they have understanding, they have got visions and dreams, I, I, I have had them, you know, but i'm not I'm not going to 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 use them for advertising material for myself, but I just want you to understand, yes, I was there in such a place, okay, Paul had visions and revelations, and the reason uh, we can be sure of that is about the revelations that he himself has written down for us in so many different ways. you know, God used Paul like nobody else to tell us about the plan of God for the church. I mean, read the book of Ephesians where Paul is telling us that even before the foundation of the world, God loved us. God chose us. God designed us. I mean, you could not have known that without a revelation. You understand? And these things are written down very clearly for us to study and to understand. And Paul says, I received these visions and revelations from the Lord. Okay? But he doesn't boast him. He doesn't, he doesn't use them to build his image. In fact, he has not even talked about them just because of this situation in Corinth where, where there were super apostles who claimed they know better. That's why Paul is coming out and saying, you know, I've had these things, I know. And so he says, I, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into third heaven. Okay, third heaven is a place where, where, where God resides. Okay. Okay, there's a heaven here above us, you know, the clouds in the sky. And there's another heaven where where, you know, the, the, the principalities are, and then there's a third heaven where, you know, God dwells. And and he says, I was caught up into up to third heaven. And he doesn't even know, he can't describe how this catching up happened. The same thing happened later to John in the book of Revelation. You know, he says, I was caught up. I don't know whether I was in the body or I was out of the body. I don't know how how it happened, why it happened. No explanation. But I know it is real. And I was caught up to paradise and I heard inexpressible things. Okay? So what you hear in the world of God is not something that is expressible on earth. Earth is limited, very limited. Okay? So the things that are in the reality of God are not even permitted to be spoken here. Okay? So, in other words, what Paul tells us is just a very bare bone to say, I've been caught up, I've heard these things, but I can't even explain them. I can't even tell you. Because I was caught up to paradise, I heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. So if some people are claiming they are permitted to tell the stories that they have experienced when they were in the afterlife, then you know they were not where God is. Okay, because otherwise they would not be able to speak. But of course they, they write books and make money out of this. And people love it. You know, I, I think it was maybe 20 years ago, something like that. There was a certain book which came out uh, of somebody who who claimed he was in heaven, and then he wrote a book about it. And. Uh, <clears throat> And uh, when he wrote his book, you know, he was uh, exper- uh, uh, writing about all the experiences, the wonderful lush green uh, scenery that was there in paradise, you know. And uh, as he was walking, you know, the an- animals came to him and they were hugging him, you know, and uh, things like that. And the, even the dogs came. And, you know, we had a, we had a colleague who had a dog, and oh, she was so excited about that book that her dog can go with her to heaven. <sighs> Anyway, as far as I know, the Bible says the dogs are outside. <laughs> but you see, I mean, sometimes we can, we can try to gain uh, uh, popularity with wrong stuff, with things that we make up. And, and we must be careful. We must not do that. So uh, Paul says, you know, all these things, these expressions that I heard, I can't really tell you about it, because I'm not permitted to speak about these things. And so Paul says, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. So in other words, uh, these are realities, and Paul could have easily made uh, a big big, uh, splash out of his experiences that he had with God. In fact, you know, you read in the Bible that God took him into the desert of Arabia and taught him, okay? Because Jesus was not with the disciples, okay? Uh, you know, when, when, uh, when Jesus called his disciples, uh, who then became apostles, they were 12, isn't it? And 12 is the, the number of the apostolic, it's the number of the fullness of God, okay? Okay? So one fails, that was Judas, okay, when Judas was, was committing suicide, you know, that spirit of suicide is not something new, it was there even then, so when Judas committed suicide and the disciples were uh, then wondering, so what are we going to do, you know, with uh, the place which is left empty? Of course, there were two candidates who were always with them, you know, because in the company of the disciples, they were not just 12, there were always others who were walking with them. They then chose a replacement apostle. And how did they do it? They cast a lot. It's very interesting, you know. I personally believe that was not the choosing. It was not the right thing to do. Okay, there are other arguments who are saying this was the right thing to do. I I don't believe it. Actually, they could not even have chosen because it's God, it's Jesus himself who chose the 12 disciples. And to replace the failure, the one who had uh, deceived him, the one who had sold him was not the job of uh, the other disciples to do. It was the job of Christ himself. So they took it in a human manner, okay? To say, okay, this one was with us, so he has heard everything that Jesus said, so he can be the replacement apostle. Okay. What was his name? Huh? Yeah. Are you reading anything about him in the Bible? Anywhere? Except that he was ordained on that day to be an apostle, you know? But there is no evidence of anything that he that he ever did, okay? I don't believe that. I don't believe that he was supposed to be in that position. The one who was elevated in that position, God himself would call, okay? And go to Acts chapter nine, you will find out that Paul or Saul at that time was, was equipped with letters to prosecute the, the church, okay? which he did already in Jerusalem. Now he went to Damascus all the way because Damascus was a very important center at that time, you know. Still, still is a notorious city today. But it was, a, it was a center of the faith, center of the church at that time. So uh, Saul wanted to persecute the church. He wanted to kill the church by all means. And on the, way, on the road, a voice spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay. The same voice that called the eleven or the twelve disciples in early his, in his early ministry, okay, is the very voice that also called Saul. Okay? Jesus did not call Matthias. Have you heard anywhere where where the Lord says, okay, this one must fill the place of uh, Judas? But you see the voice of Jesus clearly, clearly calling out, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And like I said the other day, you know, uh, Ananias was instructed, go and lay hands on him because he is told that the man... By the name of Ananias, will come and pray for him, and his eyes will be opened. And Ananias says, "Jesus, don't you know who this guy is?" You know, we always want to teach Jesus. We always want to tell God our little wisdom that we have, or think we have. And uh, Jesus said, "Go, because I will teach him. I will show him what he has to suffer for my name." Okay. And he was instated into a position of apostleship by, by God himself, not by a human being, not even by a lot, okay? There was no lot cast, okay? Which one, which one is supposed to be the one? And the one he was, who was called, Jesus himself, used in a mighty way, okay? And most of the New Testament, after the Gospels and the Book of Acts, Has the handwriting of that very called apostle. Okay? So, forget about the good idea that the disciples had, the the apostles had. You know, they they said the place of Judas cannot remain empty, and they were right. But their response was a bit too fast. They were not waiting for. Christ to do what needed to be done. They were doing it themselves. And I personally think that was a mistake. Okay. Okay. God had no problem with it. Matthias can be called an apostle, no problem. But uh, the apostleship was on Paul and not on Matthias. Okay. Matthias wrote nothing. We don't know anything about him. Not even in the book of Acts is there anything about his, his ministry. Nothing. But the Bible is full of the works of Paul, okay? That's when the call comes from the voice of God, from the throne of God, then it's a true call, okay? So there were these powerful revelations that God gave to Paul. And, you know, while he is never really boasting about that, I mean, this is the only time that he, that he actually gives us an insight about this kind of an experience, okay? It is evident in everything that he has written, it's evident that God has given him knowledge. He says, I may not be uh, an eloquent or trained speaker, but I have knowledge. Why does he have knowledge? Because he was with Christ. Christ is the source of all wisdom and all knowledge. All wisdom and knowledge is hidden in Christ, okay? And when we spend our time with Christ, that's when we are able to receive knowledge. We receive the wisdom of God and that's what God wants us to experience. Now we have come to the place where we started in the beginning in the morning. And I want to just take a few minutes to come back, you know, to come full circle, okay? And full circle means that we are coming to where God wants us to be ultimately. Okay, so Paul says, even if I should choose to boast, I would, be not, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassing great revelations. So in other words, that's a good bottom line for every one of us. You know, don't try to make people think more of you than you really are. Because that's pride, okay? So Paul says, I could boast, but that's not my interest. Even if I would boast, I would still be uh, speaking the truth. But don't try to make people think of you as something higher than what you actually are, okay? And that's where the problem is today. You know, people always tell us, no, we'll do this, we'll do this. Promises, 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 you know? Whether it's in the church, whether it's in politics, everywhere, you know? People give promises which they are never going to keep. Okay? Some years ago, we were told in 90 days, one, two, three, Four, five. All of these things are going to happen 90 days. Ninety days. You know, Paradise was supposed to arrive on Earth. That was uh, 20. what? 17, 16, 2011. Huh? Well, so long ago. Huh? Time is passing,. Huh? 2011. How many 90 days have have passed? Not one of, not one, not one, not a single promise has, 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 has been coming to pass. Or have you received some? We were promised more money in your pocket, but actually there was a mistake there. It was supposed to say more money in our pockets. Okay. So that's why it never arrived in our pockets because it went to other pockets. (laughs) So your promises, 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 and they are not fulfilled. That's why, you know, we need, to, we need to be real when it comes to things like that. You know, don't fall for promises. Promises are just that, you know. You can pray somebody when the promise is fulfilled, not before it is fulfilled. <laughs> okay. So, Paul is saying, even if I would boast, I would still be saying the truth, but I refrain, okay? So we must learn to refrain from making people think of us more than what we are, okay? But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or what I do or because of these surpassing great revelations. You see, Paul could have slaughtered these revelations or exploited these revelations to lift himself up. But they were God's revelations, not his revelations. And that's why Paul never got tempted to to say something about the things that he has received because he knew he was just a recipient of those things. Okay? Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Okay, a lot of people have said a lot of things about that, and I don't want to add more to it. You know, the reality is that we are still in the world, and the world the devil is still doing his nonsense, okay? He will still give us difficulties, okay? He's a defeated foe, and the Bible says that we have victory in Christ Jesus, okay? but that does not mean that the devil will just sit by and cry because he has lost you. He will still try to make your life difficult, okay? He's defeated, but he still has a lot of henchmen around, okay? The world is still full of people of darkness, and they will still try to trip you wherever possible. And and, and Paul is saying, that thorn in my flesh, and we don't know what it means, and please don't interpret something that you don't understand, okay? Don't read into scripture something that is not there, okay? A thorn is something that pricks you, isn't it? Something that pains you. And, and you know, we have got such issues in our life. I'm sure there are certain areas in your life that prick you, that pain you. And and you know uh, the things that prick you and pain you, you want to get rid of them, isn't it? And and uh, Paul says, you know, I've taken, you know, great effort three times where I I prayed that God may remove that that pricking from my life, that pain from my life that I'm experiencing because I'm still in the flesh, you know, I mean. There are things that we know about Paul, for instance, you know, Paul was a short man, okay? Paul had a poor eyesight, it could all relate to that. That's why he says, even see my, my, my handwriting, my large letters, because, you know, he couldn't see very good. So this could have been some of the things, but, you know, please don't speculate because it doesn't, it doesn't lead to any benefit at all. The reality is, That as long as we are in this world we are still struggling okay we are still subject to our human nature to the old nature that is not of god and we need to learn to overcome that nature by our faith in christ okay and that we can do just like paul is giving us insight here so he had that pricking he had that pain in his flesh That messenger, you know, that somehow Satan was using to make his life uncomfortable. At the same time, that situation of being uncomfortable gave more room in his life for grace. If it was not there, he himself said, I could have been conceited. Maybe I would have become proud about all the things that I've seen, all the glorious things that I have been able to witness. And so God kept me on, on par, you know, kept me uh, humble because, you know, we can always say I, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And when you get finally there, then you know, it's a whole different story, isn't it? You know, somebody told me if I, if I would be rich, I would, I would actually, I, you know, if I would be a, a millionaire, I would give most of the, my money to, to the work of God or the poor or whatever, and uh, some people who I, who I know very well have told me that. And I, t- and I told one of them, no, no you wouldn't. He says, how do you know? He says, you are not faithful with what you have now. How will you be faithful when you have a lot? You know, you're not faithful with little. How will you be faithful with much? That's a biblical principle, okay? So people can say, no, if I'm, if I'm a billionaire, I will give millions and uh, you are greedy today, so you will be greedy then. You understand? So, in other words, Paul is saying, what I have gone through, I did not like it. And what you and I go through many times, we will not like it. There are things which we would rather eradicate out of our lives, okay? Some of the things you grow wisdom (laughs) and they don't disappear. Okay, now there are certain things that disappear, okay? You know, you have been a, a, a child, and the, uh, the Bible says, you know, when we were childish, you know, the childish ways disappear over time, because you become an adult, but there are other things that God says, bear your, your package, okay? You, you, have to, you have to learn to live with this situation in life, and whatever God does, he knows best, So, Paul is understanding why God did not answer his particular prayer. Why he didn't respond to his cry, his plea three times. God, let this son of the flesh uh, be taken from me. And he says, in order to keep me from being conceited, Okay. In order for me to be not proud, in order for me not to lift myself above others, in order for me to be remaining on the on the on the on the road of reality, God left this problem with me. Okay. So if you are having a, a challenge in your life that uh, you have prayed and prayed and it doesn't want to go, well, just leave it there. God may take it at his own time when you don't even notice it. But as long as he leaves it there, it has got a job to do, okay? Of course, we think we always know better. I mean, if you if you don't uh, really uh, know much about uh, this kind of struggle, read the book of Job. Okay, Job was a righteous man, no question about it, but still, he went through sufferings beyond, you know, uh, comprehension, beyond understanding and of course he, he had his arguments, you know, his friends came, and they, 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 they tried to console him but of course instead of consoling him they made his, his suffering worse, okay, and he had his arguments. And he couldn't understand. And many times you will be in a position where you can't understand why God is doing a certain thing that you're doing because you don't see the whole, the whole picture. You know, Job did not see what, what was happening behind the scenes. There was a discussion between God himself and Satan, okay? If Job would have known that, maybe the whole thing would have been a bit different. But he didn't know, Okay? So he was carrying his burden and he was complaining, he was mourning, he, he, but he, in all this, he still remained faithful, he remained loyal to the, to the Lord, And I think that's what should be the bottom line of every one of us, no matter what you go through, be faithful to God, be loyal to God, Okay? It was only when all this time passed and it was a long time. It was not a few days. It was was weeks, months. Okay, when all of this passed and when God finally put the friends aside and said to to, uh, Job, "Let's let's have a conversation. Let's have a chat. And God revealed to him certain things. That's when Job would understand that There was a job to be done in his life. There was a work of transformation to be done inside of his heart and mind that could not have been done in any other way but in the way that God did it, okay? And God restored him back to a glory that was even exceeding the first experience or the first glory that he had, you know god rebuilt his family god rebuilt his 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 properties god rebuilt everything in a powerful and wonderful way but he had to go through that and so you know don't try to tell god what is what is supposed to happen in your life because you don't know what is good or what is best for you god has a plan and that plan may be painful to you you know i mean the the, the common the common um, uh, uh, line of, 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 of message in many of the charismatic churches uh, today is God has a wonderful plan for you. No suffering, no, no trials, no problems whatsoever. Just please. That's a lie. That's not biblical. Okay? Yes, God has a wonderful future for us, but in order to reach that future, we have to go through the hardships of this world. Okay? We can't avoid it. It's not possible. Okay, so in order to keep me from becoming conceited, becoming proud, becoming lifted up, becoming uh, more holier than thou, okay? For that reason, God had left that messenger of Satan with, with Paul he was pricked he saw the pain in his life and uh, after he prayed that this should go away god said what you need is not the pain to go what you need is my grace okay what you need is the fullness of my grace be manifest in your life okay and my grace is sufficient for you. That means there is more than enough, okay? Remember, Jesus came in the fullness of grace and truth. And grace is never diminishing. You know, the grace of God is never running empty. You know, if I have a a glass of water and I drink, if if it's full up to the brim, but if I drink uh, just one, one bit of it, it's no longer full, okay? And eventually it will be emptied. But with the grace, it's not like that, okay? The grace of God always comes in the fullness of God. Grace never diminishes, okay? If you go to some busy river and you're drinking uh, some water, you lap some water out of some busy river, which probably is not a good idea because it's not clean water. But if you would, you know, Will it make a difference on the level of the water of Sambesi River? Even if you sit there all day and you drink and you drink and you drink, will it make a difference in the level of the water? Even if all of us go there and drink and drink and drink the whole day, will it make a difference in the water level of Sambesi River? You know, no matter how much people is being removed from, no, how much water is removed from, from Zambezi River, you know, still, the Zambezi remains high. The reason is, there's always a new flow, okay? Always fresh water coming, always more coming. And this is true with God, you know? God is full of grace and truth. He never diminishes, he never runs dry, he never comes to the end and says, sorry, now you have come late, now I've run out. No, there is enough. And, And this is the lesson that God teaches Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. In fact, in the situation that you find yourself in, grace will be the very substance that makes all the difference in your life. Through grace, you can continue the ministry. Through grace, you can do the work that I've given you to do and you will be able to accomplish it. Okay? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, okay, not the worldly power, but my power, the power of God, the dynamis of God is made perfect in weakness. Okay, that's why we have read in the beginning when we came together that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Okay? That's why we have seen all these different being uh, blessings that God has, that Jesus has been talking about at the beginning of his ministry. Okay? Because this is the same principle, the same secret that we are seeing right here in this very scripture. Okay, and I think it's important for us uh, to understand that this is what Jesus really means. So, Matthew chapter 5. Let me just go back quickly, you know. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, Paul came in the poverty of his spirit and says, God, do your work and god says my grace is sufficient for you blessed those who mourn okay there was mourning because there was pain there was pricking okay there was a son there was a messenger of satan but he came to jesus and jesus said my grace is sufficient for you blessed are the meek and paul shows us his meekness is humility. You know, he's not coming with a with a with a with a whip to whip out the the, the naughtiness from the people of, of, of Corinth. And they were they were really naughty. You know, many of them were really a, a, a real problem. But he says I appeal to you with the with the humility and with the gentleness of Christ. Okay? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. You see, the grace of God has the capacity, has the power to fill us all together completely, wonderfully well. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You know, when you are going through suffering yourself, when you are going through weaknesses yourself, when you are seeing certain things in your life are not tying up the way you would laugh that's that's when you become merciful because you need mercy okay so don't try to impress others that you don't need mercy we all need mercy okay so let's be merciful so that we also receive the mercy of god blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god okay don't try to be somebody who you are not don't make people think more of you than, than what is right and true. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And you know, in all the struggle that you can see, the concern that uh, Paul says he has for all the churches, you can see that he was struggling to present the church, the true church, the ecclesia of God, as upright, pure, and holy. The Lord's. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for this is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. As you can see, Paul was persecuted. He talked about his suffering, talked about his being stoned, being shipwrecked, being, uh, you know, beaten. So many different things. He was persecuted thank God many of us never need to experience that but he did but Jesus tells him my grace my grace is sufficient sufficient okay that's what we need we need grace sufficiency in our lives in the ministry that God has given us to do, we need grace sufficiency. It's not our doing, it's not our cleverness, it's not our wisdom. It's the grace of God that accomplishes all this. Okay? Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. I mean, Second Corinthians is a, is a prime example of all these things that people can do to others. And it's sad, you know, that even false brethren, brethren who you think they are honest to you, they turn out to be false brethren and do, do all kinds of evil things to you. But Jesus said, blessed are you because of my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Okay, rejoice. What a blessing, you know, when you can rejoice. Even in the worst situations, you can rejoice. That's a blessing. Okay? And be glad. You know, rejoicing is like the outburst of a certain situation where you rejoice. But be glad is a constant thing. You know, it's a constant blessing that continues on. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward. Great is your reward. The greatest blessing of all is the reward that God has prepared for us. The reward that God has prepared for you in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what is happening in your life is not something new. Paul went through that. Even in the Old Testament, the prophets went through that. All of the people who were standing to proclaim the true word of the Lord, they've experienced exactly what even we, when we are proclaiming the word of truth in righteousness, will experience as well. So it's not something fresh, it's not something new that we are going through, but it's something that we can be encouraged from Scripture. Because the same God who has carried through all these heroes of faith, you know, that you read about in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, they will carry you through too, okay? They will also carry you up to the final destiny that God has for you and for me. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Okay, so my, my weakness is not in, in competition with the power of God. If I've got power myself, then it will compete with the power of God. Okay, but if I've got weakness, God's power will take the field, isn't it? will take over the, 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 the place. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. Okay? Did you delight? Did you learn to delight in weakness? Most of us, we hate weakness, isn't it? We want to get rid of weakness, we fight weakness. But learn to delight in weakness. Okay? Read this scripture again and again. Paul says, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, there's more space for the strengths of my God. Okay? When I'm weak, there's more room for the, for the grace of God to manifest in my life. And so he says, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Okay? When I'm weak, then I am strong. If you are strong in yourself, maybe there's not much room for the, weak, for the strength of God, for the grace of God. But when you realize that, yes, I've got deficiencies, I've got struggles, that's where God can manifest himself in the power of his grace. And that's how God builds his very church on earth. May God bless you as you continue to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, okay, as we are learning to hear the words of the Lord, even in the most difficult situations of our life, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, perfect. Everybody say perfect. Perfect. In weakness. Okay? Now, we don't like weakness. Paul says, I boast in my weakness. Okay? I accept my weakness. I'm not running away from my weakness. But praise God. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. God bless you. Thank you.